You asshole! You messed it up! I tried to be nice. You don't think I can take you out? I'll have fun with your girlfriend. <laughs> She's real cute. Let me bring her back here, and then I'll... Hello, listening people. Hello. You're listening to Spin Posh Presents, the show that is formerly known as Unappreciated Masterpieces, but now Pictures Power. We're not doing a monthly show, The Mystery Box. This is our weekly show, Pictures Power. I'm one of the hosts, Ron Zawinski. And I'm the other one, the Bartek. The Bartek. The not, Bartek. Not to get confused with any other Bartek yes. out there. No. Um, not to be confused with Bartek O. Bartek O, or Steve Bartek, the musician. The musician, yes. And composer or the of, I think, of Sorority Boys. Or One of those movies. Well, he worked with, like, Danny Elfman, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, or not to be confused with Bartek the Oak Tree in Poland that has a Wikipedia page. No, I don't want to get confused with that one at all. Or that random tree <laughs> boss I fought in the video game once that was named Bartek for some reason. Because of the tree in Poland, you just kind of answered yeah. it. Um, we are doing, uh, we are spin polished, likingly, because we are always spinning, and you just heard we're trees in Poland. I am. Well, you don't know about me. You don't know me. I could be a tree right right here, right now, in Poland. Let's go to Wikipedia, type Ryan, open bracket, tree, Polish. (laughs) Another English page has a Bartek page. Um, so, yes, we're doing our weekly show, Pictures Power, a show in which we cover a movie that has come recommended, whether it be from me, from Bartek, from the listening people, and this is our foray into spooky month in which we're covering more... You know, Octobery feeling type of movies. Dark films. Yeah, if you want to go there. So Bartek, it was your recommendation. You're the first choice to enter us into the spooky month. And what did you choose? At the end of last episode, I picked a film that I first time ever mentioned a long, long time ago on this podcast called Story of Ricky, also known as Ricky O, with the two Rickies spelt differently. A.K.A. Ricky O, right? Yeah, my DVD has the A.K.A. on it. Mm. I'm pretty sure so did the opening credits of the one I watched as well. So online, it's a bit different. Story of Ricky, A.K.A. Ricky O. Yes. Or as the dubs call it, Ricky Ho. (laughs) That's true. Um, so don't walk into this. So Bartek, we did for Spooky Month a non-spooky movie. Straight off the bat, I do not agree that this is a spooky movie. You're like, oh, it has violence and a ghost in it. Until well, I said we just body horror, body horror and a ghost. What's well, a dark film? That we we do dark films in. I guess you just yeah, but you said there was a ghost, and until you just sat down before we started recording and explained to me by just happenstance what the ghost was, I was walking into this going, "Where was the ghost, Bartek? Where was this ghost that you speak of?" Because I didn't put two and two together that that a certain character was meant to be a ghost. Okay. So we did Ricky. The story of Ricky, not the story, story of Ricky, a.k.a. Ricky O. If you have not had the chance to watch it, recommend you do. It's pretty easy to find. It's on YouTube. It's freely available pretty much everywhere. There's like a million uploads on YouTube. There's even a best of upload that's like five minutes shorter than the film. So yeah, I don't well, know what that film, that, that video is about. Well, it cuts out the scene that it didn't, they didn't like, evidently. Mm-hmm. And I guess this is also the first time on Pictures Power where we're kind of doing a so bad it's good type film. I guess that's an interesting discussion point we can have. Whether it is one of those yeah. or not. 
Uh, so Ricky O, the story of Ricky, Ricky story, Ricky Lake. That's the name of the film. Is the movie? <laughs> is the movie? So if you haven't seen it, do watch it. We're going to talk about it in depth. We're going to get into the nuances of Ricky's story. <laughs> so Bartek, what is your history with this film? Uh, so earlier this decade, I saw a review on it online, and I thought, oh, that's that's not from who? Oh, it's from the Cinema Snob, um, and. I just thought nothing much of it afterwards. Like, oh, that was a funny review. There were some funny clips there. It's got, like, some popularity. And then one day I was hanging out with a friend of mine. I think it was Nathan Malloy, who we've had on the podcast before. Mm. And we were just walking around a shopping centre, and we found this discount books and DVD store. And it had a bunch of DVDs that were mostly, like, public domain stuff. Like, the the recurring uh, DVD copy of It's a Wonderful Life I have that I still haven't unwrapped. I got it from there. It shows how keen you are to watch it. I actually you... do want to watch it, but I just kind of find it funny that I haven't unwrapped it. Yeah. Um, and uh, Story of Ricky was one of the first things I found. There. I was like, oh, I've, I've remembered this thing. I can own this on DVD for only $7. So I, I bought it, and now I can say I own it. And I can say that I can watch it free. At any time I want. Yes, but I've got the special features and a DVD menu that is very unhelpful. <laughs> because the DVD options on the main menu are... What was it? It was East Wing, West Wing, Graveyard, and... North? No, no, no. It was, it was where the, the Opium Den or something yeah. like that. Well, that's in the West Wing. That's where... No, West Wing's like scene selection or something. No, I'm telling you... That the opium is in the West Wing, isn't it? Isn't that where it's physically located? Because it's so. under what's-his-name, who's so. actually a woman. I think so, but but that's what the DVD menu has. Uh. So I have to click on all of these options to find out <laughs> what is what. And then I don't realise that the play button that's in like the bottom of the screen is the, the actual start movie So thing. you're a fan of this? I enjoy it. I like showing it to people. Uh, how many times have you seen it, do you think, now? Well, somewhere between like three to five times. Interesting. Okay. So you're a Ricky expert. I like bringing it up, and also it's a funny title to bring up. <laughs> yeah, which is like the first time I brought it up on the podcast. I was like, oh, we're well, not going to do Story of Ricky if you don't yeah, tell us about it. Yeah, you, are, you get a glee when you mention its title. I think it's the lack of the in the title. <laughs> story of Ricky. <laughs> it's just story of. It's not the story. It's just story. Yes. Um, my history is Bartek lent me the DVD of this, and I watched it, and I thought it was enjoyable. Mm. And then I've never thought about it again until he brings the title up. Each time he does, he then has a smile, and I smile <laughs> because he's smiling about the title. This and I'm like, oh, yes. This Ricky. is the smile episode of Spooky Month. I had to rewatch it for this episode, and I did not remember anything about it except for the obvious moments of violence. And some could argue no one remembers anything about this movie other than the poignant moments of violence. And uh, we haven't yet mentioned the English dub. <laughs> yes, we watched the English dub, which is, I guess, like all English dubs, renown. <laughs> it's no ghost stories, but what is? This film is, I guess, in, in its country of origin, Hong Kong and China, it's known for, yeah, mostly the violent stuff, but then internationally... It's known for the violence and the dub. Yeah, and I remember that... Oh, I'm going to be looking forward to the dub. 
and it didn't sustain me this time the dub like it was okay like it I've, was fine i've never thought that this dub was like you know 100% always amazing but there are just like little moments here and there that, yeah you know, there's sprinkled throughout too, too. It, it's it's a <laughs> humble throw you off. it's a humble funny english dub the best english dub moment for me straight off the bat was when um ricky is fighting the first of the four, the one with the tattoos. Uh, Oscar? Oscar, yeah, yeah. your brother. <laughs> um, so when he was fighting your brother Oscar, there's a bit where it's like supposed to be like an intense scream. Like he's like, ah, like you know, full on intense. And there's like a slight slow-mo effect. But the way the voice dub does it is literally like the guy going, Ah, like it's the lamest attempt at screaming, like in pain and with great gusto. Like he should be like full on, like his lungs should be like about to burst from how loud his scream is. But the dub is just ah. There were times where I was watching the film and I was like analyzing what the actors were doing. I'm like, yeah, I, I th- think I would have done this differently. Then I realized, wait, I have to not account for the English dub because that's not <laughs> them doing it. But then there are some physicalities that they do, which are just very funny. Ludicrous. Yeah. So give us a summary of the story of the of story of Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> so just to get... AKA Ricky O. Yes. Just to get this out of the way, this is an adaptation of an arc from a manga. You don't say. I do say. You're sure? Yes. I I didn't notice. It felt like such a movie. Hey, I have the... It felt like a a movie, not just a series of scenes in which someone he likes dies and then he attacks (laughs) the person who got them. If this was a Dragon Ball Z movie, this would just be like, you know, Namek and Frieza and dealing with that. Like, just one arc of the whole major story. So after Ricky leaves this prison, there's a whole other story that happens, but we only see this part of the story. And I confirm, I can confirm, I looked it up online that this is the first arc, so this is the beginning well, of the story of Ricky. I guess we have to cover story of Ricky 2 that came out in like the mid-2000s with the same actor, <laughs> and it's got like a 5.1 on IMDb, I guess we'll have to cover that. We'll movie. have to hunt it down. We got we got more spooky month to go through. Spooky. Uh, but basically, this first arc is about our main character, Ricky, who we learn... Our he- only character, if you mean... Yeah, going forward in the overall story, he's probably the only one that would last. Um, So we don't know anything about him, but we learn about him through the film. He has been sent to a prison, and all we really know about him is that he's tough, and he has, like, five bullets in his chest. And the film is all about... And his name's Ricky. And his name is Ricky. Ricky O or Ricky Ho, who It's Ricky Ho. It's every English dub person says, Ricky Ho. (laughs) Um, so the the film is basically about he's in this prison. It's a privatized prison that is. It's set in the futuristic year of two thousand one, I believe. And I remember when we were talking just after recording the previous episode, I was like, "When was this film set?" I I swear it was set in a weird time period. And you said, "Oh, modern day nineteen eighties," and I'm like, "So help me God, if it's set in nineteen twenties or 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 like <laughs> the future," and, yeah, th- and you were like. No, it's set when it was. And I'm like, okay. And then the movie opens up like 2001. I'm like, I fucking knew it. What, do you remember what year this film came out? Not in 2001. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, the, the film, it's set in a privatized prison and it's, it's, a, it's basically a little microcosm of a dystopia. There's mm-hmm. just violence everywhere. The, the, 
I almost said film. The the prison is run by a warden, a vice warden, and the prisoners are led by a gang of four. Yeah, one of each side of the prison. Yep, and much like in like an anime story, like he, Ricky starts by fighting like a you know a typical bully character, then he moves on to going through the gang of four, and then finally mm. the final boss, the warden. Um, and it's basically Ricky's journey to leaving the prison, although there are a lot of inconsistencies in this movie about when he could have left the prison, because he just punches a wall and leaves at the end. Well, I don't even believe, <laughs> having just watched it, I don't even fathom the idea that he even wanted to escape from the prison. We don't know. <laughs> he just stayed there and killed everyone and then decided to leave. Yeah, we don't know his... We know his backstory and, like, an overall idea of his motivation, maybe, but we don't know... Drugs who... bad. <laughs> they made his girlfriend run off uh, some stairs. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, basically, Ricky... Is in prison. It's a prison escape movie, except for instead of escaping, it's taking down every single person who works there. Yeah, prison escape is just the last minute of the film. It's a, uh, I, yeah, uh, yeah. It's just like, we're done with the prison. Now get out. <laughs> it's basically a lot of these kind of Asian cinema movies, more Japanese, if anything. I'm used to where it's oh, like yeah, yeah. a hero needs to take down a series of interestingly comical villains. Mm. Because none of these villains you take seriously. You don't take any of them as a serious threat. They're all comedic in my brain because they're all so ludicrous. And maybe that's a trans, like, you know, cultural difference translation. Mm. But they all got their goofy gimmicks. There's the one who throws things. There's the one who has, like, the death pinches and then there's the one who has tattoos there's the one with a hook for a hand yeah it goes on and on and on yeah and then the warden is like the final boss who he looks like he goes into his second form and you know his final form i always think of slugworth from willy wonka when i see him yeah i guess (laughs) i guess and uh ricky just kind of the basic movie is this ricky's enjoying someone's company that person gets attacked and or killed then he attacks and and or kills the person who attacked and or killed the person he likes. You've rinse, got... repeat. Well, no, rinse, you've... repeat. No, no, no. You've oh, got one oh, element. And, and he blows on things a lot, like leaves. Okay, you've and, got two and, elements. And, and, and flutes. <laughs> no, you forgot the element where he grieves. His grieving is killing them. <laughs> no, no, but there's like his body reactions. Oh, you mean he like screams that. loudly and goes ah, and he flexes his muscles. Then he. Air uh, fights, not air boxes, but air fights. He bo- yeah, he does air boxing, yeah, and and that's the entire movie, and it goes for ninety minutes or so, depending which cut you watched, and because uh, the unrated cut is the one more that more people are familiar with. Mm, that's like over just over ninety minutes long. Uh, and there's the villains have no intricacies to them. The most intricate thing is you find out that they're growing opium, and as soon as you find that out, it's gone immediately, and that's the end. There, and- there is no like. Oh, the villains are doing something, or they're connected to Ricky, or, or oh, this, this, this. No, once you meet him, you that's all you get. The guy has a hook for a hand, he's going to use that hook. That's mm. that's it. There's no, like... And the opium, just to clarify, or, or expand, after it's gone, we meet the main villain. Well, yeah, and that's fine. I don't mind the idea of the main villain coming back to find out that the hero has fucked with his shit and then being angry about it. But yeah, but I'm just giving like a sense of scale. Like, oh, we meet our villain later than this like <laughs> big deal that is made. 
halfway through the film. So there's a ghost in this movie. Explain the ghosts in the movie. It's one of the elements of one of the flashbacks. There are flashbacks throughout this film. That come in abruptly. Ricky, <laughs> yes, very abrupt. And don't need to be there, other and, than they need to and, flesh out the character. And they stick out a lot because they're, they're not the ultra-violent parts of the film. They're To a point. To a point, there there are some violence, but basically the idea is that Ricky's character is this like serious, really tough martial arts guy who flexes when he looks at walls and stuff like that. Yeah, and blows a flute and, and blows a flute and, and leaves, and he he just seems like yeah, not this normal kind of person. But then in these flashbacks, he's dressed you know in, like school uniforms and smiling and laughing and carrying books to show like oh look at this. Young man, and yeah, stuff like that. and he's like a full grown adult. <laughs> he's a full grown adult. He's the same guy. Um, and the first flashback we see is him going to a a cemetery. Yep. And there is a man standing there who over his father's grave, over his father's grave, who says a bunch of mysterious things and laughs a lot. He laughs a lot. Well, he doesn't even say mysterious things. He just says literal things. You say mysterious, I say literal. Mm. He goes, "I am your uncle." Your father's brother. Like, he, he literally talks like that. And he's like, I have not seen you. Last time I saw you, it was when you were eight or nine years old and you had super strength. Do you still have super strength? Like, there's nothing mysterious here about it. Like, I think he's dub- literally <laughs> just stating what is happening. I, I watched the dub. I can't go for the subs. I don't give a shit because I even clarify. Oh, no, I'm, I ta- even I'm talking about the dub here. The dub <laughs> is just like, there's, so there's no mysterious elements to this character. He is his uncle who's there to train him to be... I guess it's just so abrupt that it feels Martial weird, arts. Yeah. So how's he a ghost? How did the film state this? Because I didn't pick up on it. Oh, no, evidently. no. Well, evidently I was... I. No, no, no. The, the I would watch the film with subtitles, and the subtitles were for the the Cantonese version. Mm-hmm. And apparently, they just had some extra elements, so like some names were different, and they just said "Ghost Uncle." So it's so confusing yeah. then, because there's no elements of this movie that are supernatural, other than that, I guess, because. His super strength is just is not one of those things that's like, ooh, spooky. It's more like, ooh, you are just naturally like that. It's like you have that. So does the warden. <laughs> yeah, the warden has a really abrupt, like, I came from the same school as you or something like that. And then that he transforms. Line. Then he transforms and is beaten. And beaten very quickly. <laughs> Quicker than a lot of other fights in the movie. That's true, yes. Um, but his uncle's a ghost in the Cantonese subversion. Apparently. But not in the English dub. So I was very furious. I was like, Bartek's defense for why this should be in the spooky month. Because I was like, I'm still a bit like, I don't know why we've got it here for spooky month. When it's just like an action movie with extreme violence. And like, the body horror is more like people just shapeshift and explode it's it's just such interesting like and then he was like last episode you were like well there's a ghost in it and i'm like well okay i forgot about the ghost and then i watched it and there's no fucking ghost in the dub it's like hi i'm your uncle and you'll never see me again after the training sequences really i'm gone Um, and it's just like is the uncle out there in the real world right now like in the dub version of the world where he's not a ghost is your uncle just sitting out there letting his nephew be in prison not doing shit? I don't know, man. Exactly. But no, the... What a shitty <laughs> uncle. 
But he didn't see him in, uh, since he was eight or nine years old. I believe the dub said uh, seven and eight rather than oh. seven or eight, so it was <laughs> a bit of a weird thing there. No, I, I picked this film for Spooky Month because it's it's a, like a dystopian film where anyone can die, and I thought... Anyone can die in the dystopian world of... I love it's a dystopian world of the fact that it's only the prison that we see. Like, when we see well, the like... flashbacks, everything's fine. She just goes into a scummy part of town, and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, like, again, the, the I said... girlfriend it... who... Did she have a name? She did. It was on the banner that he had on, like, the air- airplane <laughs> that they played. The helicopter. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. But, um, no, I, I said it's a microcosm. Yeah, so, it's a yeah. microcosm. It's a movie with violence. That's what mm. this movie exists for. You don't yeah. come to it for characters. You don't come to it for themes or growth or anything like that. So on a pure action, Hong Kong action violence level, this mm. film delivers. It, you have people punching through people's heads. And... To, to clarify, though, rather than being a full-on, like, you know, person-versus-person martial arts film, there are things like that, but most of it, most of the big wow moments, in quotes, whether you think or not they are wow moments, are special effects of, like, you know, dummies being destroyed. Oh, yeah. So, and... I mean, there's a lot of kicking and flipping and hmm. running and jumping. There is a lot of kung fu action, but the violence is propelled by the fact that, yes, you have to use prosthetics to punch through someone. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I... One of the special features that I watched was this, like, 36-minute interview with the lead actor... And he was talking about how much he loves martial arts films, and they showed a bunch of clips from martial arts films he's been in and that he oh, loves. Nice. Yeah, and the the feeling of watching those scenes, like these actual martial arts films that are well known, uh, like The Big Boss and all that kind of stuff, um, it, it feels a lot more intense because it's actual like martial arts and people falling. Yeah. It isn't like cuts to you know uh, prosthetics and yeah. uh, props. So this film is a martial arts film, but it's not that kind of martial arts film. It's more about a film of violence rather than martial arts. I mean, yes, but he succeeds in violence because of a specific martial arts he has learned. Yes, yes. But well, I mean, like, on a visual level watching the film, the violence is more of a focus. Yeah, that's what you come to this movie for. You come to it for the gratuitous, over-the-top cartoony violence and the two-dimensional characters the biggest laugh I had in the movie, other than the English dub, uh, was the fact that the assistant warden kept mints in his <laughs> fake eye. I forgot about that element, yeah. I also really enjoyed the fact that he had like this huge steak, and it was like the bloodiest <laughs> steak in, I've ever seen. That it looked like it was cooked on the cooked on the outside, but it's like raw on the inside. It and was... it took him a few seconds to pick it up. Yeah, well, he had to use his hook hand. <laughs> the hook hand that he can... He has two hooks on the hand. Yeah. And he can move them he can somehow them, yeah. with what? Are uh, his nerves, bones? I don't know. <laughs> it's not a robot hand. <laughs> Maybe if he flexes, it, like, clenches. I don't know. I think it's... We know the answer. <laughs> it's because the actor just fucked around with it and managed <laughs> to make it do that. Um, I like that he used his hook hand to remove his eyeball. Mm. Like, that wouldn't be something that would be dangerous to do. <laughs> I also like the... For me, the implication that probably the warden took out his eye at one point, because we see that the warden's method is to stab people's eyes out with his cane yeah. when they're being idiots. 
that's like the closest I could get to like deep world building, deep world building <laughs> or characterization, characterization like, yeah. and world building and understanding is oh maybe the warden plucked out his eye yeah. at one point. The deep world building was there was something happening outside that made him late to the prison. Yeah, we don't know what that was. Yeah, I guess his son needed some candy. The warden's son, <laughs> the deepest character in the film. <laughs> he was, he was, he was fat too. So the warden has a son who. How old do you think this actor is? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I remember him in my brain being a full-grown man, but I, now I can't even tell. Because he, he, he just looked like he was a really fat kid, honestly. I, I just couldn't even tell. But the voice actor was definitely a man. <laughs> the dumb a yeah. full-grown man. So he's this very, very fat kid. I mean, he's being treated as a kid, so we'll call him a kid, but he could be our age for all we know. <laughs> and he's given, I guess, the most colourful costume in the film. He's wearing this, like, green blazer. These it's a schoolboy outfit. School, I guess a schoolboy outfit, yeah, and these shorts. And, like, <laughs> and knee-high socks. Knee-high socks, and he, he's just a really dumb character who, like, <laughs> puts his gum on the wa- vice warden's forehead and, like, trips over to, like, get a prisoner in trouble. Mm. And he lives at the end. He lives at the end because he's taken away by the prison guards, I guess. I think he tried to escape. Oh no, maybe I'm getting confused. I think he. Es- I think no, we no, see no. him escape. The last we see of him is the warden saying, "Take my son away from here, okay. so that he can transform and fight Ricky." What I love about the son character is it's that level of goofiness <laughs> that you needed at that point in the movie because mm. the movie can be a bit of a depressing movie in the fact that uh, multiple levels for me. One, obviously, everyone's dying brutally all the time. Mm. But also the fact that you know that the movie's just going to continue at this level for the rest of the runtime <laughs> and kind of amps it up at the end of the warden transforming. But it's such a short fight yeah. that you kind of go, oh, okay. <laughs> Considering, yeah, the the gang of four fights tends to be longer. Uh, One of the first characters that we sort of get to know in the film is this, like, middle-aged man who we establish... uh, He did commit manslaughter when he was rushing his wife. Everyone committed manslaughter. Ricky's in there for manslaughter when we see that he clearly murdered a man. uh, The point that I'm getting to is that a lot of the generic prisoners are treated as if they're, like, actually good people, so that... Yeah. And that all the people that Ricky ends up fighting are the bad people in Thank the Thank God it worked out that way, huh? Mm. Like, there's no complications with, like, the people he's setting free are actually bad people. Mm. It's that they're all good people who just had a bad moment in life, and they just all happen to go into this maximum mm. security prison. Yeah, well, the guy that I was mentioning... Um, the old man? The old man. They that ma- you called a middle-aged man a moment ago, when they just referred to him in the whole movie as, like, you heard the old man killed himself. Uh, yes, it was old man. That's right. Um, yeah, they mentioned that like the person that he hit was a police officer, so mm. it was uh, you know extra bad luck for him mm-hmm. if it wasn't a police officer. While well, driving that... his wife to the hospital because she was giving birth. Yeah, they mentioned like that if it wasn't a police officer, then he probably would have gotten off with just a fine or something. Yeah, I liked the fact that Ricky and the old man and literally everyone in the movie. Can have has those has the ability to store literally any object underneath their armpit <laughs> and it comes out naturally. Like like the guy pulls out like a whole little train that he's made out of wood, 
And Ricky grabs that out later, but it doesn't even make sense because it got smashed over the guy's face. I guess Ricky is a great craftsman. He prepared. I guess. <laughs> I guess he's allowed to craft things. Uh, yeah, we meet that old man, and he kills himself later because the warden, the assistant warden, and the captain or whatever took away his probation because he got into... What did he do? He got he got weaselled out from from the snitch or something. I don't can't remember what he actually did. He he was just around. No, and... I think they were just being dicks and saying you don't get probation unless I say so. And they're there bad. was something or other with the weasel guy, the bald head guy, because then they go and attack him after that because he's the he was somehow connected to the old man. Going to kill him, killing himself because he weaseled him out for mm. doing something or other. Well, I know that when they were confronting him and Oscar came in and stopped it, um, mm. the the people that were confronting him said that they, that he killed him. So I don't know if that was you you drove him to suicide or you hung him. So no, I think it was the fact that he he's the weasel, so he weaseled something or other. It, it, either way, the old man does die, and it was a very funny scene when we discover his body because a guy's just walking by and he sees him like floating in air and he's like, oh my god, he's a ghost or whatever. Then he then turns he... on the light and he's just hung himself. And then it cuts to him like tumbling down the stairs like he was pushed. Yeah, I also love that when the old man's dead, they handcuff his body. <laughs> Why? That scene is quite amazing. Because, it, <laughs> because it's, it's raining it's, all the time. It's night, it's raining, two prisoners are carrying him with a, like, a well, blanket. guards. Was it guards? They were guards. Oh, I thought they were wearing the black prisoner clothes. I thought they were guards. Oh, maybe, doesn't matter. maybe they're wearing raincoats. They're guards. Why would they like be handcuffing him? Either way, they're in rain and it's all majestic. It's a John it, Woo movie. It's a very dark thing. And then Ricky just t- turns up and they're like, whoa, Ricky, what are you doing here? He unblankets the guy, picks up these arms and it's like, he's already dead. Why are you wearing handcuffs? It's like, did he know that the handcuffs were on? He, he could sense it. <laughs> and then he just like tears them apart. Gently pulls out the train, puts it in his arms, they walk away, and then Ricky does his grief thing that I was talking about. Screaming earlier. and punching. Well, before in he gets rain. to the screaming and punching, he like does all these like weird hand things. It's to flex his muscles. But it, it feels like he's... It's reminding me of when we did the Soviet Western in university, just like big hand signs to show grief, and then he starts screaming. Well, Asian cinema, there you go. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, this movie is Boss Fights, the movie. Uh, it is, Our true. first proper boss fight is a mini-boss, which is in the bathroom. That's probably my favourite scene. <laughs> where the old, with the old man getting attacked, and then Ricky comes in and yeah, like, trips him over on something or other with nails in it. And, like Oh, sorry, the, the follow-up, that's my favourite scene. But yeah, yeah, I that, that was just Ricky tripping someone. Well, it's an initiation of a boss. And then it's that, like a mini-boss. And then that, yeah, then that triggered the dual boss that's coming up, sort of, <laughs> where... The guy that he tripped was the bully character that I was referring to earlier, like the first guy mm. he really antagonizes. Um, and this guy has a Gang. in with one of the with the prison guards. So, yeah, and he bribes one of them to let out the prisoner that they've locked away in solitary. He has some stupid name, Zoros, <laughs> and he's like some big fat baby. He's yeah, just a really obese guy who's drooling constantly. <laughs> And when he first meets Ricky, he's like, oh, someone p- 
He said, someone paid me a lot of money to... No, no, Rice. Right, sorry, that's right, Rice. How fucking dare you? He doesn't care about money. Zoro is a man of not money, if but I re- food. If I mentioned this scene yesterday, I would have remembered it was Rice, but for some reason I blanked he, right They now. paid him two pounds of Rice. Sorry, the food I was thinking of was the p- last part of his line. It was like, someone paid me two pounds of Rice to smash you up and put you into a pie. <laughs> and then Ricky's like, oh, okay. And he, like, punches Ricky, and Ricky flies it to the one <laughs> naked man in the showers. So all the others are clothed, but this one guy is naked. <laughs> we get an ass shot, yeah. Um, Ricky finishes him off fairly easily, but then we... He punches through he, him. He punches through his stomach. And, and rips out his guts. Yes, and this is the first time we see this film's expert use of slow motion. <laughs> when you say expert, do you mean piss poor? Choppy. <laughs> you mean piss poor. It's like a frame every two seconds. Yeah, it's piss poor, Martin. <laughs> you can admit it. But it was very, it's, I got a lot of laughs from the frames. And then eventually film. Oscar hears all about it, and he's all like... Oh, hey. no, 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 no. The, the bully Samuel then confronts Ricky. <laughs> but just before Ricky finishes him off, a guard runs and is like, Hey, you two, stop that. Then there's another choppy slow motion scene where Ricky kills him with a single punch. Yeah. And this is the film trying to be like intense and like, Whoa, look how great this is. And then my probably my favorite dub moment, a prison guard just runs right up to him as if no intense thing just happened, shakes his baton at him and is like, another move and I'll hit you. <laughs> and the actor is clearly like in this halfway point between like being assertive and being afraid because the bat- baton's constantly shaking. But the actor does not compliment that in any way. <laughs> the voice acting is so good in this movie. And I think that was my favourite voice acting moment. Yeah. And there are a lot, but... Then, yeah. you know, eventually Ricky takes down the four. And they're all fun, the four. Yeah, they're the big anime villains. I think they're... It's just so odd how they are. So uh, Oscar's probably the most... Uh, nuanced character wise mm. and he's the one to go first yeah and then you're stuck with the others and the second one's the one that's like oh he's the toughest one and he dies later in the movie and they try to redeem him mm. and they're like oh look a picture he, see he was a family man too oh you and your evil system warden you spit people out and no remorse yeah we didn't really get to know that guy all he was was like i'm strong man and i'm gonna beat you up but then he always got interrupted from beating up ricky are you saying that ricky killing him brutally and then saying we're human beings was not pointed to you (laughs) (laughs) and then i guess the one with the most um character is the one who's a woman pretending to be a man and is obviously a woman to the point in which she's still got her earrings on (laughs) Which I found very distracting throughout the whole movie. I'm like, if you're going to try to make her look like a man, take those earrings out. Like, these feminine earrings. I don't know what their thought was. Why did they just admit... Why did they just admit that she was a chick? I don't care. Like, it's just so confusing to me. Like, I guess she was probably the best fighter, or... She's the one that the, the, the movie's presenting as, like, oh, she's the one that Ricky kind of has to over... Sorry, he... Is the one that Ricky kind of has to overcome because he fights him like two or three times before finishing them off. Yeah, and they finish the finishing off of that character is very oddly done because it's kind of like a throwaway moment where it's like mm. he's finishing that character off and then it's like hey, the warden's like, "Hey, what are you doing?" Yeah, he's it- like, "Oh yeah, sorry, I gotta fight you." And it's like, "Oh, on, okay." On paper, it was interesting because he <coughs> he manipulated their momentum to like put their downfall, but yeah, it, it wasn't really. 
I guess it was more brains over brawn, I guess. It wasn't even that. It was just, like, there was no finality there like there was mm. with some of the others. Like, the it other two sudden, of the four was very much, like, there was a conclusion there that made more sense. But that one, this is the primary antagonist that he faces off, like, the muscle. Yeah. And they just kind of die. I don't know why they couldn't just find a guy. Was there a reason that they just had this chick? Like, she, I, she did a good job. She's flipping around. But was there no small Asian men that they could get? I, I it was just very my odd. Gu- my guess is maybe the character was androgynous in the, the manga. So maybe they went with a woman. I, I guess. It was just very weirdly put in, in, in the, the movie. In the interview I watched, um, the actor that played Ricky did say that the director had the manga in his hand while he was directing, and so some things were like uh, directly using that as like a, a uh, screen board. Uh, What's that term? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Storyboards. Storyboards. Yeah. So, you haven't read the manga? No, I haven't. You going to? If you're curious, I can read it and tell you about it, I guess. Sure. Find a copy. You're not curious? No, I am curious. You I... just said, like, you're curious, right? I'll read it for you. I have no interest. I, I read manga on the internet, so I can probably On the internet? Yeah. Shh. Don't, Don't tell his mommy. Don't tell Ricky. Don't tell Ricky. Was the interview subbed, I imagine? Yes. I would have loved it if the dub actor <laughs> came back. To dub him how many years later? I have to say, the actor that played Ricky is the type of person that you would say, uh, love someone like this guy loves martial arts. Because mm. this guy is very, very happy and enthusiastic about martial arts. Um, yeah, so the boss fights, they're fun. The one who throws things just gets shot and explodes because the warden has bullets that make you inflate and explode. It's for taking down elephants. <laughs> Apparently. Are you talking about Brandon, the one with the like needles on his... Yeah, the one who throws things. Yeah. He just throws shit all the time. Needles, just chairs, anything. He just throwing, throwing constantly. He was a bit of a weird one because he never really faced Ricky alone. He was always like support He was supporter, which is yeah. fine. Yeah, he had cool hair. <laughs> he yeah. had the dyed fringe... It'd be interesting to see what he's like as, like, the leader of one quarter of the prison, like, when he's working alone. Well, I would like to see what he's like when he can't throw things. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> is he, like, instantly crippled when you take away his throwing objects? I have to say one thing that really distracted me. He has, um... The blonde fringes. His, yeah, the blonde fringes on his hair that makes, like, a circle. For a lot of this film, I thought that that was, like, some sort of skin defect. It was only a close-up later in the film, but like, oh, that's hair. I, I immediately knew it was hair. My fiancé who watched this with me last night thought he had horns, because when she first noticed his hair properly, it was like during the night scenes. Mm. So, um, He goes down like a chump, I guess, but that's fine. They yeah. use the big trouble in Little China effect, where the guy like inflates and then explodes. That happens to the assistant warden, who was probably the best character in the movie. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and he's he should have been just the, the the warden. I don't know. He he seemed more interesting as a f- antagonist against Ricky because he was more wormy. Yeah. He was more slimy. He was and, using slimier tactics and, and vastly more visible in terms of screen time. And screen time and him and. Ricky had more conflict against one another throughout the movie than him and the warden. The warden's just there because, you know, 
final boss has final to be boss has bigger. to grow <laughs> and they since the assistant warder was such a slimy little coward of a man they couldn't have him do it at the end be like it would be weird if he was like actually i know your martial arts and like grows but ryan he's he jabbed his hook into ricky's hand what could be more painful than that um blinding ricky was a very good technique that they should use again that's the thing i hate about these types of movies when there's a technique that really works mm. they rarely ever use them again yeah, try to find a way to make it work again like why don't you just blind him again and make sure that there's no water next to him <laughs> then you won't be able to do shit yeah like if they blinded him in that cage with the press yeah or just blinded him literally anywhere I mean maybe at that point he would have realised oh wait someone broke through the wall I can just leave through there but <laughs> this film loves breaking walls it does it never breaks the fourth wall mm, that's very good it doesn't does it there's because no that... moment where Ricky looks at us and he's like hey guys it's me. There is one intense part earlier in the film where someone jabs a needle through his hand and Ricky's just like staring right into the camera and just pulls it out. The fake hand? Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about the flashbacks. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about them? <laughs> Considering that this film doesn't uh, lead up to a conclusion to Ricky's, <laughs> what it's setting up, I'd have to say that this film either wanted sequels... Um, or was just adapting too literally because they do not serve a purpose for the conclusion of this film other than the possibility that Ricky's now going to do something about them. I guess they serve the purpose of it makes you understand why he's in the prison and why he's so anti what the bad guys are for, but it's so sloppily done and the flashbacks are so comedic unintentionally, I feel more so, that you don't find them interesting as well. Like, every time we had a flashback, I'm like, oh, another flashback. I don't give a shit about his uncle. Because we didn't even get to see much of his uncle, so we don't even know what the guy's like. Mm. We know he laughs intensely one time. Like, yeah, that's it. Honestly, with the flashbacks, I think the dub is really the main thing. That and the girlfriend character, who's like your typical, like... <laughs> I'm so innocent. Giggling high school sweetheart. <laughs> she dies like a chump. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck was that? She wasn't pushed off a roof. She didn't trip. She like, just... the drug dealers didn't do shit to her. Like, they go out of the way in the dub to make it like the drug dealers the drug dealers that, that captured her weren't even that bad. They were very dumb. Yeah, and then she just jumped, like, off a building, basically. And then, like, she became a dummy that fell on the ground, and it was very amusing. <laughs> and I, I was very upset we didn't get to see more of Ricky's, like, reaction to that. Like, we see him open up the body. Um, open up like uh, the coroner's office, pull off the sheet and see her body, and then run away, going ah, oh, but like, and then attack the drug dealer guy. But like, that's it. Like, I wanted more scenes of if we had to go full flashback of him sitting at the locations that they used to hang out by himself, going like Ooh, brooding and stuff. Mm, the field, the field, or the park near the water. They had a few locations, and it's just like instead, it's just like eh, punch. And now I'm here in prison for manslaughter. I don't know how he got the what. What <laughs> a it was lawyer! Man, it was manslaughter and assault. Yeah, and he had must have had a great lawyer, because the lawyer somehow got him just for manslaughter, away from, away from murder, just away from homicide, <laughs> away from predi uh, like preemptive First murder. First degree murder, yeah. So the flashbacks are the weakest aspect of this movie. Other than that, and the fact that my big problem with it is. 
you say like this is good bad movie for me i wish i could say that it was but it feels like there's some elements that i'm just not gelling with i think it's just because um it's it's very repetitive which is i guess a staple in good bad movies but it never got any wowzer for me until the boss transformation at the end like pretty much you you get the violence you get what it's about and you get that ricky's going to mourn someone fight for them mourn for and it goes on and on and on the the film definitely doesn't feel like it failed a mission statement of sorts it did feel like a a live adaptation of a manga because it's like and here's the end of that one and now to the next one like it's like okay you need to buy the next volume of the manga to find out what happened to ricky in chapter two Ricky goes to the East Wing. Ricky goes to the West Wing. Like, you know, Ricky goes to the Opium Den. Ricky yep. goes to the Assistant Warden's office. Like, it's like... There was a progression there, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's an, it's an interesting movie. The violence is what carries it, and it's very gruesome. Did you have a favorite moment of violence? Um... Like I said, I did, I did really enjoy the f- shower fight scene, but in terms of violence itself, I liked the effect of when they actually killed the, the snitch and, like, the, there was, Punched like... Punched the top of his head off. Yeah, it was, like, a horizontal karate chop kind of thing and, then like, the head fell off and there was still, like, a brain in there, like, swishing around. <laughs> I remember in the interview, Ricky said... Oh, the actor that played Ricky said that he got it in one take and he was very happy about that because nice. apparently a lot of these... Uh, Shots took like an hour to set up, so nice. there was a pressure to succeed. Oh, good. I think one of my favorite moments of 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 weird m- violence uh, is when uh, I don't know how to describe it. There's that moment in which Ricky just gets hit with a bulldozer, or like um oh the 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 not crane, but yeah the thing at the front of the bulldozer that yeah. picks stuff up. Yeah, uh, truck scooping device. It's just such a goofy moment because everything's treated like this hyper-realistic or hyper-surreal-like violence. In this moment, it's like, we know he's super strong and impervious to being hit with things, but it seems like the thing that hurt him the most in this movie was being just night- lightly nudged by one of those. Like, like it flung him across the whole court, and he was like, Yeah, the, the, oh, t- the top three oh, things... And I'm like, what the hell? The, the top three the- things are that... Uh, <laughs> getting stabbed with the hook in the warden's, the vice warden's office, and p- maybe like the electrocution. Oh, and being blinded. And being blinded. <laughs> he really didn't like being blinded. But all of the super violent, like martial arts stuff, he can like. That's no problem. I mean, he sews his arm back together with <laughs> his own like tendons yeah. and stuff, and he's fine. This is one of those movies where I did find it a little infuriating that our lead character cannot be hurt. He's just impervious. I mean, it was fun enough, but usually, like, even with these impervious characters, they, like, have that one weakness that the villains find out and can use against them, and then it's, like, a clever way that they can out... Mm. The hero outdoes the weakness. But at one, at, at a point, Ricky just has nothing. It's just like, okay, he, it, I'm just waiting for you to punch through the warden, and then he does, and then the movie's over. Like, the warden's super transformation didn't do anything to outbest him in any way. In fact, it made it worse, if anything. Gave him more to hit, yeah. Yeah, it's like the film, like I said, it was inconsistent. Sometimes when things were actually sort of hurting him, you thought like, oh, is this his weakness? But no, then he just gets out of it somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I'll break your desk then. Concrete. Concrete, just flex. Yeah, just flex. <laughs> or electrocute. 
blind. Like, I'm not saying that it's bad that he figures a way out of them. It's just, like, there's no moment where it's like, aha, the villains have got him this time. Because when he gets covered in concrete, you know he's just going to be fine. Because he's already survived, like, his arm being severed, basically. His hand getting pierced. Like, all of these horrific acts of violence against him. He's just fine. I don't know, it's it's okay, like, this movie is intentionally funny, mm. though, so it kind of gets away with being a comedy movie. So, uh, the dog? That was a weird moment, <laughs> where a villain, where the... the... So, Ricky has <laughs> been given a challenge to survive seven days, days and seven nights of being buried alive. With uh, a breathing tube. With a breathing tube. And randomly, there's a dog just, like... In the prison, just a random dog. In the prison. We never see it before or after. There's reason after. Mm. It's just sitting there next to where he's buried, and he's... Yeah, just there. Then, all of a sudden, a... Not a sewer grate, but, like, a little hatch in the floor, like, kicks open. Rogan jumps out (laughs) and just, like, kicks the dog in half. (laughs) And you get a shot of its, like, bloody remains. And... (laughs) Why is it there? There was no reason for the dog to be there, and there was no reason for it to be killed off. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, the manga, probably, right? Maybe. In the manga. Maybe. Yeah, it's a bit where that Rogue, person Rogan, yeah. kicks a dog in half. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the reason. Um, I'm trying to think what else there is to talk about. There's obviously funny dub moments that are spread throughout. Odd choices, odd character deaths. But really, it's all about that big boss fight at the end, right? Where Ricky has to fight the gargantuan version of the warden. <laughs> well, I mean, good good costuming, though. Like, the face looked for real. And for a time. It, it didn't look like half a mask. Well, the weird thing was, sometimes the outfit, the prosthetic, looked good. And then other times it looked really bad. Mm. And it was like, the, the did sequence... you have to swap costumes out for certain shots? The, did it... Yeah. The sequence... Is it because now it's moving and you see that it's all really fake? It's, sometimes it looked decent. Like, when he was first transforming and all saying. that. Like but the, then... the close-ups and the clothes being torn. And even when you have the faraway shot of his whole form, or whatever, he looks good. But I think it's just that you have to start making it move and it starts to fold and look fake and Ricky mm. has to punch through it and it looks like you know clothes that the guy's wearing <laughs> and it's just like ah, I guess and then the movie you know, shoves that guy in a meat grinder which was amazing mm. <laughs> just keeps going and going and going I love that bit where the warden meat grinds that one prisoner for complaining about the food and then tries to like serve him his own meat <laughs> that was great <laughs> what did you think about the warden character in general the the actual warden? Yeah. Not Mega Warden. <laughs> just the character. Not Mega Warden or the Vice Warden. Um, you keep calling him Vice. Wasn't he just called the Assistant Warden? Assistant Warden. That's right. I'm sorry. Vice Squad. Um, I think Vice Principal. No, I think Vice, Vice Warden's a term. It's just they didn't use it in this film. Um, I mean, he, he, he was set up with a sadistic personality... Mm. It wasn't until the very end that he really did any sort of... I mean, he stabbed the guy in the eye, but mm. it, he seemed more like a leader, and like he he seemed to have a weakness about him where he always needed his medicine. Yeah, what was that about? It never came back. I don't know if they were alluding to the like transformation thing or not, or if it was just like a heart disease, but... I don't know, he's set up to be this sadistic guy who's kind of frail, and you're not expecting him to have a fight scene. 
Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the illness. Did it, dis- was did, it, did, the... it, did it distract you that you could tell that the guy just clearly shaved his head in the middle because his bald head still had like that five o'clock shadow kind of like it, you could tell like the actor just shaved the center of his head and left the sides. I don't know, man. I think I was just looking at his son the whole time. Did <laughs> <laughs> you love a son? I, I don't know. I thought the warden was fine. He was okay. Yeah. I think the deputy, the assistant one, was better. Um, he gets shoved into a meat grinder, and then they have his severed head. That's a prop. Um, and then the movie ends in the most lackluster, but through the sheer lackluster nature of its ending, it's the best <laughs> ending. Which is Ricky just like throws the head, shouts a bunch of shit. And then gently punches through the wall. Well, don't forget, he ran at the wall in slow motion. And then gently punched it and, like, the wall collapses well, in a very artificial manner where you could feel yeah. that they could easily reconstruct it and that there was pulled with strings and levees and shit. I did I did at least like the fact that the, the debris of the wall went outwards, not just down. No, I agree. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, then he shouts, the, you are all free! And then the movie ends. <laughs> and, then he, and then he walks out and credits. What a film, Bartek. What a film. No, Ricky. What a Ricky. What a ho. film, Ricky. What a film, Ricky-o. <laughs> what a movie. <laughs> Um, so Bartek, this was your recommendation. Give us your final thoughts and any other stray things you want to mention. I, I do agree that I'm a little iffy on calling this a good, bad movie because it, it isn't, it isn't as incompetent as some of the stuff that we've watched. Like, no. Yeah. It's no Neil Breen. It's no Neil Breen. It's no Love on a Leash. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing will be. But it definitely it it's it it did what it wanted to do. It, you know, it was violent. It had funny action sequences. There were some intense performances, even though there were some stiff. Like, all right, now get up, now turn, now do this instead of it being a fluid motion. A lot of that. A lot of weird choices. The dub, the English dub, is really what people look at as being what makes it good bad because. Mm-hmm. A lot of it doesn't complement what's happening. There's no, like... I don't think there's any really big stretches, stretchy dumb lines. Like No. It, they, they all seem consistent. It feels like on paper these would be fine lines. Yeah, they weren't ludicrous lines. Yeah, it was just the delivery. Some bad props and, like, mm. dummies. Like, when the guy falls down, like, the when Ricky trips the guy in the showers, like, it's, it's such a dummy yeah. that just, like, there, yeah, gushes there... blood. Yeah, if you're the type of person that's really used to CGI special effects, there's plenty and plenty and plenty of practical effects in this film. Yeah. Um, and overall, I just think it's a fun film. It's definitely slow at times. It's definitely a little bit tone-deaf at times. But on a pure level of like, hey, let's just have a little bit of fun for 90 minutes, you know, it, it'll serve the purpose. It's not, you know, high art, but it's not l- too low. It's cult art. cinema. Yeah, it's cult cinema. It had a big online following, too, apparently. Um, yeah, I would say that this movie is an oddity that's definitely worth uh, checking out. If you're into Hong Kong action cinema or Asian cinema with like the extreme violence, and if you're not too squirmish about that, this movie is definitely worth a watch. It's uh upbeat kind of tone, makes the violence 
not as horrific. Like, you never walk away going, ooh, that was horrific, Vance. You walk away going, whoa, shit. That was extreme. That was extreme. It's not edgy. It's just extremely silly and dumb. And it's it's innocent fun. Yeah. And they take it, and the, the actors take it seriously. They take it seriously. So you don't uh, have to be like, oh, well, yeah, trying. some do. The assistant warden's playing it for laughs. Um, like I said, the assistant warden has a fake eyeball that he stores his mints in. I mean, need I say more? Yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, you know, it's an oddity of cinema. I, I, I know I'm glad I've seen it a second time, and it's easy to find. So that's Super good. Super easy. Because a lot of these kind of movies, even cult movies like our previous episode, Saved was, uh, you know, it's a little bit difficult to find, and uh, I'm glad that this movie, Ricky, uh, Story of Ricky, has a following and has been restored and has the ability to buy on DVD and have special features. This could have been uh, one of those ones that just remained from the country where it initiated from or forgotten or mm. kind of left the wayside, oh, like so many great... In the interview that I watched, he said that not only... Um, did people actually recognize him down the line? It's like, hey, mm. weren't you in in Story, Story of Ricky, Ricky or Ricky O, whatever it was called in Cantonese? Um, he also said that this was the first film uh, post the R18 plus rating mm-hmm. being introduced in China that got that rating without having any sex in it. That's true. I appreciated that there was no sex for them to be gratuitous with. Um, so Bartek. Yes. Um, you recommended this. I did, and now it's your turn. It's my turn for a recommendation. I've been really struggling. I'm like, oh, you know, we only... You've been teasing a certain genre. Spooky. Um, obviously, it's a bit of a difficult choice because, um, you know, we're going to be taking some time off in the future. Mm-hmm. So we won't get to do all of Spooky Month, only like a, you know, a couple, yeah. at least one from each of our recommendations. And hopefully... We can see if we can fit in a listening people's choice, and if not, we can at least uh, have it be a spooky choice for when we come back. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we'll get into more of that next episode. Uh, so Bartek, it's a real flip of the coin decision, but I'm going to have to go with a movie I'm pretty sure you haven't seen. Mm-hmm. It's a cult classic. It's a it's if, if people people will know it. It's one that's like ah yes, it's got extreme body horror. Mm-hmm. Goofy comedy. Oh, story of Ricky. <laughs> um, it's a cult classic. We're doing Reanimator. Okay, I think I've heard the name. The legendary Reanimator, one of the few H.P. Lovecraft adaptations. Ah, okay. In cinema, I mean, yeah, it doesn't really follow the story, but it follows the beats of things at uh, a level of names, I guess, but nothing much else. So we're doing a lot more fundamentally spooky, probably. Reanimator, <laughs> the first one. Well, There's three of them. Is in the 80s. 80s. Um, the one with Jeffrey Combs. I've all got Jeffrey Combs. But the first Reanimator, not Bride of Reanimator or Beyond Reanimator, which is is a good one too. They're all great. Um, so make sure to check out Reanimator before our next episode or in the meantime so that when we talk about it, you can be briefed on what we're going to be discussing you can follow us on the social medias of Facebook and Twitter. At, uh, you can find us uh, yeah, yeah, under just Spit and Polish Presents. You'll find us pretty easy. Rate us and review us on any of the podcast platforming sites that allow it. It really means a lot. Share us around with all your friends, with all of your Rickies and your O's. And your Rogans, your Oscars, your Zoros, your Brandons, your... Warden, your, Assistant Warden. Your Tarzans. We forgot his name, Tarzan. Tarzan. <laughs> And uh, yes, I guess until then, listening people, 
Remember to be kind to each other. Or I'll hit you!